Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome, Facebook. Um, so we're talking about um, being driven by eternity. And we're on chapter 5 where it talks about deceived standing before the throne and we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago the last time i ministered and we're just really going to dive into that a little bit more because this is the season that we are in is in when this when the enemy really wants to lay into people and deceive them into believing a lie something other than what god says so one of the, a couple, a few weeks ago, we were praying, and this was about a completely different topic, but God spoke to me and he said that he multiplies the seed sown. God multiplies the seed sown, okay? It's like, yes, he multiplies that seed sown. Let's, you know, every, you know, spirit of faithfulness, the de devotion, trustworthy. He multiplies that seed. I was like, yes. And then I was like, he multiplies the seed sown. Whatever the seed is. Whatever that seed is. It could be jealousy. It could be envy. It could be anger or hatred or whatever. It's not just on the, the good side of the spectrum. It's on the, on the other side as well. When seed goes into the ground, it's going to produce what it is. So, um, so that's what we're going to talk about. And uh, in Matthew 7, it's like every day this week or in the last week, it's like God has been preparing this before I even knew that I was going to have to teach so I was like, okay. So it's a little bit from every day this week. So we're going to Matthew 7. And uh, the first thing it says in verse 1, it says, Judge not, lest you be judged. Judging is also a seed. When you judge, you're going to reap back that judgment. It says, for with the what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. So if you dish out a lot, you're going to get back a lot. You know, but if you love much, you get much love. You give much, you get much, you get much. Like more people give back to you. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm sitting there and it's, and um, it's like all this week, and it's like God is just hitting on it, hitting on it. And most people don't think they are deceived. 
They don't know they're, they're deceived. Nobody said, I'm going to tell you a lie. I, you know, I want you to believe it. Believe this lie. We just get told things from the time that we're born. We get told things about ourselves. We get told things about uh, our friends. We get told things about our government. We get told things about every walk, everything under the sun that we either, one, take as truth or uh, seek it out to know that it's not truth. But it's like... Somebody had to tell you that not everything on the internet is true, right? It was like, oh, it was on the internet. I saw it, you know. No, not everything you read, not everything you hear is truth. You know, a lot of times you don't even know yourself that you're even telling the truth because it says God knows the heart. He knows the intents of the heart. He knows what is in us. And it's like, the more we talk to God, the more he begins to show us our heart. Like, we have to get, he says in his word, I want truth in my inward part, in your inward parts. I desire truth in your inner, inner parts. So you have to just keep talking to God and keep talking to God and say, God, I don't know why this is going on in my life, but... Something is going on, and I don't know why it's happening to me. I don't know what's going on. And, and he'll begin to speak and show you the truth in, in you, because you do not know. You think you know, but it's like symptoms. They mask what is underneath. And going on in chapter 7, it says... Uh, in verse starting in 13 like you could preach the whole chapter of 7 you could just preach the whole chapter it says enter ye in at the straight gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many there be which go in thereat because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it and then it goes on and it says, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing. So they look like you. They talk like you. They're, they call themselves Christians. They call themselves, like, I know, I know, I know the right, I know the way. I know how to get you where you want to go. And it says, But inwardly they are ra ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men, and it says, do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. And a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. So if, I, if, if people are looking at me, and we, everybody, I'm telling you, everybody's looking at you. They're looking at you. Oh, they call themselves a Christian. They don't act like no Christian, I know. But, or, you know, or some people do actually, you do actually hear they're a good example of what a Christian looks like. But most often you hear the opposite. You hear they are not an example of what a Christian is supposed to be. If God is love, that is not them. 
We, we can even, I'm just saying it, we can even be deceived as to what a Christian is supposed to be. Exactly. Yeah. Because the world would think that if you go to church every Sunday, you attend every Wednesday night meeting, and you, you do all the stuff. All the stuff. But that doesn't make you a Christian. Exactly. But, see, we can even be, be deceived as to what a Christian is. Yes. And um, John Bevere, who wrote this book, wrote Good or God. And people think that if you do what is good, it's God. But not everything good is God, but everything God is good. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a little confusing, but... Not everything you call good is God. So there's a lot of good things on the earth, but there's, but only what is what is God is good. Do you understand? Okay. Um, it'd be hard to press to say it back to me, but as long as you got it. <laughs> um, and then if you go on, it says. In verse 21, this is what, which is what Pastor Robert just was talking about. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter unto the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works, which is good things, um, then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. And I read it in a different version. It says, you lawless rebels. You lawless rebels. Where it says, you, work, you workers of iniquity, you lawless rebels. And it says, and then... It says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And that's when you know that no matter what comes against you, you're going to be able to stand. But if the sand is moving out from under you, you're not on the rock. So I, I told you every, uh, a few minutes ago that everybody's looking at you. Everyone is teaching. Everyone's teaching something. A message for how we live communicates much louder than the words that we say. And I've heard the saying before that says, you teach others how to treat you by, uh, by your actions, you know. It's like, you can tell somebody, I, you can't disrespect me like that. You can't treat me like that. But you, what do you give out? What are you teaching others about how you treat people? Because it says that whatever you judge or whatever you meet out, it's coming back. So um, in 2 Timothy 3... Starting in um, verse 1, it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And this is Paul, okay? This is Paul, the one who went through 
all manner of torture, being in, in the dungeon, being uh, beat, stoned, everything. And he says that perilous times are coming. He's already living in dangerous times, and he's saying perilous times are coming. It says, for men shall be... No, I want to read this in the Passion. Just so there's no question about what some of these might mean. Sometimes we just need plain English. So, Second Timothy three. I went to the wrong chapter. Three seven. I mean one. Talk, talking about Paul and what he went through, the religious world will teach you that. If you're living right for God, then all of your problems are right. You don't have any. When actually, if you're not having any kind of struggles, then actually the <laughs> flip side is probably true. Yeah. You're not doing anything for God because if because if you were, the devil would be after you. The devil's going to be after you. So that's deception in itself. Well, the Bible says that we will be. Well, the Bible says that we will be persecuted for the word's sake. Yes. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to have all kinds of calamity, but there will be people that will slander you and talk about you for the word's sake. I'm not teaching your word, Emma. <laughs> you could come up here and co-teach. Um, so, Second Timothy three, starting with one, it says, "But you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become exceeding, extremely fierce. People will be self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander, slaves to their desires. They will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of the, of the loving God. They may, pretend, they may pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these, for they are the ones who worm their way into the hearts of vulnerable women, spending the night with those who were captured by their lusts and steeped in sin. They are always learning, but never discover the revelation knowledge of truth. So if you read it in the King James, it says that, uh, starting in 5, it says, having a form of godliness. 
but denying the power thereof from such turn away. So when you look at their lives and they're proclaiming to be Christian, but you're not seeing any fruit. You're, you, you hear in the talk, because anybody can learn the language, you know, whether it be Spanish or whatever. Somebody, people can pick up your language and it's like, okay, for me to talk to this person, I'm going to have to talk the talk, okay? So they can talk the talk, but not walk the walk. So their fruit, there is no fruit. They may be good by the world's standards, but they are not good by God's standards. And he said, from such turn away. So these are people who know that have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. They deny the power of God. They don't look to God. They don't, nothing. And so those people are used by the enemy to deceive you, to come in and because you've gotten familiar with them, you've gotten comfortable with them, you're, you know, you are, you know, in, Jesus told the uh, Pharisees or Sadducees that your father is the, in, is the devil. Because if your father was Abraham, you would be for me and not against me. You would, you would not seek to kill me, but you seek to kill me, so the Father is not in you. Your Father is of the devil. So these people who proclaim to be Christ-like, proclaim to be scholars of God's Word, who was teachers to the people, did not live the example that they were telling people they had the form of godliness, but they denied the power. And what does that mean? That means that they don't allow the power of God to come in and do anything to change them. That doesn't, it's like, you know, I profess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but then they go out and they party all night Friday and Saturday. Deceived when he stood before the judge on judgment day. And his life was shown before him. It showed him his, his lifestyle, his lifestyle of iniquity, where he went and he consumed his own, upon his own lust. He pursued women with the intent to sleep with them. He, he deceived himself into thinking that because I profess Jesus is my Lord and Savior, that I am good. I taught, I did this, I did that, I, you know, I was there every Sunday, I did this, and yet when he stood before the king, the king said, I, depart from me, I never knew you. So it's like his heart was not for God, no matter what his mouth said. And, and so, um, so each person, when they stood from the book, each person when they stood before the king, their true self was revealed. Their true nature, because some of them you seen quickly become like repentive, you know, and others was like right in the face of the judge, you know, you can't do this to me, you're supposed to be merciful.
But God didn't just say that this year, that he multiplies the seed sown. The last time, one of the last times I ministered, he said that truth shall spring up out of the earth. So the truth is being revealed in the earth even as we speak. And that is people are showing you who they are right now. So just like there is a dividing line between God's people and, and those who are not God's people, they are in, becoming increasingly more like it said in Second Timothy. Lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, all those things. They're becoming more and more like their father. Okay? But on this side, we are becoming more and more like Jesus. The more we go after God, the more the more that we sow into that into into and do what God says, sow his love, sow his mercy, sow his grace so trustworthiness and faithfulness and those things, the more we become more in the image of our Father. And in this time, those seeds are growing much faster than they would ever have before. You have something to say, Pastor Robert? I saw your hand and I was like, okay. Um, in Second Timothy 3, but um, starting at 10. So Paul is, he's already said all this, okay, about what the people look like. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came into me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lathera, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. So right there he just said, you know me. You know, like, you know what I teach. You know how I live, what my purpose in life is. When you look at me, who do you see? Do you see my father? Do you see God in me? Or do you see He's giving them a comparison to see that this is what we're called to. This is what we, we are supposed to um, mirror our lives to is our Father. Because it says, you know, we resemble our Father. And so it's like, you ever seen a child and they look so much like their mother or so much like their father? Well, we become more and more like our Father. The more we spend time with him, the more we are with him. You see the mannerisms. You see the, the words coming out of our mouth. It's like, you sound just like your father. You know, and that's what we want. We want to sound like our father. We want to look like him. We want to mirror him. We, you know, we want to be so close to our father that people see our father. It's like... If I showed you a, a child, and you know the parent, but you haven't seen that child before, you're just like, I know who that child belongs to, you know? It's like, that's what we want people to see in us. They, we want them to see our Father. We want them to know by our way of life, because we are all teachers. 
maybe not up front and like with our words, but with our actions, with our mannerisms, with what, what we do for others. Our fruit shows people, it teaches people. It's like people say, uh, you're the, you might be the only book that some people ever read. Your life is telling a story to these people and is it pointing them to Jesus or is it pointing them to, to the devil? So, if, now if we go to 1 Thessalonians, I think I'll read it in the Passion just because it's easier to find. Chapter 5. It says... Now, beloved brothers and sisters, concerning the question of God's precise times and specific seasons, you don't need me to write anything to you, for you already know quite well that the day of the Lord will come expectantly and as a complete surprise. And in the King James Version, it says, as a thief in the night. And what happens in the night? Every evil work. So it's when you least expect it, when, when, you, when darkness has fallen on the face of the earth, when, when you're caught by surprise, it's like, that's when you need to expect it. Because it, it goes on and it says, For while some are saying, finally, we have peace and security, sudden destruction will arrive at your doorstep. So it's like, they're saying the opposite of what is coming. It's like, we finally have peace and security. But it's a false false peace and it's a false security and it's not God it says sudden destruction will arrive at your doorstep like paint will um, so how are we supposed to live this life how are we supposed to live a life that we're not deceived anyone know how do you live a, a life that's not deceived? Ask questions. Ask questions, yeah. Okay. So ask questions from whom? Who do we ask questions from? You gotta, right. You got to ask questions from the Holy Ghost. Yes. You got to ask questions. The Spirit of Truth. The Spirit of Truth. Yes. The Spirit. The Spirit of Truth will give you the answers you seek, but also. It says, in verse twelve of the same chapter, chapter five, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you. And esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. And be at peace among yourselves. So when you look at your leaders, if they're mirroring the word, if they're mirroring um, God, and you plainly see the fruit in their lives, you know that you can go to them and you can trust them to give you a, a word and do season. You can trust them. But it also goes on and it says... 
Um, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. So we're to warn people that are not, that are being led astray. Warn them. Comfort the feeble-minded. Okay? So we're not an island unto ourselves. We can easily be deceived. It's, you know, but we have the Holy Spirit in us. But we all need someone to come alongside of us. That's why I created helpmeets. And helpmeets are not just spouses. Helpmeets are anyone that has come alongside you for, your per for whatever God has called you to. Like, pastor may have an armor bearer. That's a helpmeet. He, he has a helpmeet for him in marriage. He has a helpmeet for him in ministry. He has a helpmeet for each and every single person. See, one of the great deceptions that I see right now is you just, you just hit it. People being an island unto themselves when the word plainly says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Yeah. I can't assemble with you <laughs> if you're not on here. TV. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Facebook and all that is fine. It gets the word out. But I can't assemble with you. There's, it's totally different. I can, I can go to Chris and I can look at Chris and I can see things in Chris up close and personal that I would never see looking a mile down the road. Looking at looking at her on Facebook, looking at her on on TV. Right. Jesus said that for a purpose. Yeah. And you're hitting it. And you know you can't you don't see what they're like outside. You only see what they allow you to see on the camera. You know. You you can't. Um, God can. <laughs> in society it always talks about having a strong support system well who is your support if you are standing alone Moses needed uh, had two people holding up his arms in the midst of a fight yes Moses led a, 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 a tribe of over a million people but yet at the same time he still needed his arms supported um, and it goes on and it says, support the weak. Be patient toward all men, okay? Um, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but, every, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. So it goes on and it says, and remember, this is when Paul's in prison and he's writing these books and it says, rejoice evermore. So you allow... Let's just talk about that one. Rejoice evermore. It says to be joyful in whatever situation you find yourself in. And why is that? Because one, when your mind is uh, not joyful, when your mind is, oh my God, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And pretty soon, you're in a pit that you can't get yourself out of. Okay? You done wallowed yourself down into that pit. You know? Exactly, and but also, we have hope. We have the the God of hope. There is never should be a time that we are are that we don't have hope. 
because God is a God of hope. And so even in those situations where things look bad, we know that God is well able to deliver us. I'm sure Daniel, did, you know, when he was standing in the lion's den, was a little like, okay, y'all stay over there. I'm going to stay right here. But, you know, he also knew his God. He knew that even if God did not deliver him, that he was, that God was with him. You know, and it says pray without ceasing. So if you're praying without ceasing and you're rejoicing in every situation, one, you will know the truth because the Holy Spirit reveals those things to us. The Holy Spirit reveals the hidden things that we don't ourselves know. Like the Holy Spirit doesn't just know the past, the present, but he also knows the future. And he, ha and he reveals what, the what God says to him. It's like he's our counselor. He, he tells the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals it to us. And so we can know the truth by, those by, the, by the Holy Spirit. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. All right? Verse 21, it says, prove all things, okay? Hold fast that which is good, so prove it. Like, okay, don't just take what people say as truth. Yes, Pastor Robert delivers a powerful word, but if you don't know it's true, what, is, what good does it do you? Take what he said. Say, God, I don't know about that. Show me. Show me. I tell you, the last two years, I have seen more growth in me just from daily Bible study with God, where God revealed, and I'm like, wow, he's preaching my word. <laughs> you know, it happens so many, so many times that it's like, was he sitting at the table when we were doing Bible study? Because that's exactly what God showed me. But it's in a different area than mine. Because we all see things from a different perspective. Because we all have different viewpoints. You know, the way we view things are all, is all different. I'm a very literal person. And so sometimes the way God reveals things to me is a different way. But we're all seeing the same thing, but from different ways. And so you take the word of God that's being spoken and says, okay, God, what do you want to say to me out of what it was said tonight? Or what was said on Sunday morning? Or, or whatever. Prove, God, show me. Show me your word. Show me, prove this. Show me that your word, what you're saying is, what they're saying is true. Because it says, Despise not prophesyings to prove all things. So not every word that you hear somebody say behind the pulpit is going to be true. Because, you know, um, in here we're very lucky. We're very lucky. But not everyone out there has the same level of truth that we have in this church. That when you listen to them, that you know that they are speaking the word of God. So you have to judge for yourself 
but also because they're not with you 24-7. Like, Pastor Robert doesn't live in my ear 24-7. <laughs> you know, I, I might hear what he said Sunday speak to me in that moment that uh, I need it. But later, you know, that's growing up in the things of the Lord. That's growing up that you're able to stand firm in, your, in what God says. That you are not being deceived by every word that's out there. That people can't come up to you and just lead you astray. That can't, they can't take you out of the things of God because you've been taught to go in and get the truth for yourself. And that's, that is how that we live a life, not that we become arrogant or prideful or anything like that. I don't need them. I can do it by myself. I can have Bible study by myself. I can hear God. You know what? I may hear God, but I don't always see the full picture. I do not always see the full picture. And like I got a part that big. And Pastor Robert will speak of something and it's like, oh my God, that confirms the word I got. Or that just paints a bigger picture that I'm able to see. You know, or Elder Paul might share something and it's like, wow, I didn't know that. You know, we all need each other to paint that full picture. But we can't become prideful and arrogant that we have it all. Amen. <laughs> I thought you was going to say something, Pastor Robert. Well, the, one thing we have to do, though, because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Yes. Is we have to train our ear to hear yes. the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And that comes by spending time with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about in prayer, in praise, in worship. And studying his word. Because mm-hmm. if you don't know the word, you won't recognize it. When How do you know he spoke the truth if you don't know the truth? Right. And pretty soon, there might be a day that we do not have this before us. Then who will teach you the word? You won't know that you're being deceived because the word is not in you. So we all need the word in us. To meditate on the word day and night, that it, that it does not depart out of our mouth. And that doesn't mean that you don't speak the word. That means that you don't let it leave your mouth. Like you just keep speak, speaking the word, speaking the word, and you never stop speaking the word. That's yeah. what that means. It's like don't stop speaking the word. And we, we even have to be careful with translations of the Bible. Yes. Because I've read one here a while back, a scripture that I've used before, and I've read it in this other translation, and it left out a key word that, that changes everything. It took all of the power out of that scripture. Right. I thought, well, this one's not any good. Right, and if you're spending time with the Holy Spirit, um, and with God and praying and, and reading his word, then you'll feel that quickening, that it's not God. Don't read that. 
but you're not gonna but it's like everything you don't become good at something unless you exercise it you don't your faith doesn't grow until you exercise it your wisdom doesn't grow until you start diving in and exercising it you may be full of wisdom in your own mind but as soon as it comes out of your mouth you know it's like whew, what are they reading but the word of god it will always be true and especially when the holy spirit speaks to you you really need to know distinguish between god's voice and the other voices because you might hear your parents voice in your ear like when you were growing up you know this you know and it's like and you live your life according to that word but it's not god's word and so you hear a word and it's like about what to do and you hear your mama's voice in your head you know not that god won't use your mama's voice in your head but it might not be those words you know mm -hmm. It might be um, that you were taught to fight growing up. And so it's like, you know, you, d you wouldn't let them say that to you. That's not God's word. That's not God speaking to you. That's those, those, those other words that's been spoken throughout your life that you've absorbed in that's leading you away from God. So I hope that this word opened your eyes to see how important it is to dive into God's word for yourself so that you will know the truth and that you will not be easily led astray. Because as much as we are called to assemble together and not be an island under ourselves, we won't always be with you in that moment that you need that word. You need to know the word for yourself because Jane down the street lure you away by the, by the lust of the flesh or, you know, money calling your name, you know, and then you, you chase after the money or you chase after this woman or you chase after this man. It's like a lot of things want your attention. A lot of things want your attention right now. But God is the one that's going to carry you through. And if we are living, driven by eternity, then we know that we are sowing those seeds so that we can forever spend eternity in heaven. But not only that, that we don't deceive others by the words coming out of our mouth. We don't want to be, like deceived says, that he taught and he did this and, you know, he probably suffered a greater judgment because of how many people he, 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 he deceived. Not knowingly, but he was deceived thinking he was right when he was wrong. So um, I just encourage you to seek God in all things. Get the word of God in you so that you will know the truth. And it can set you free. Because the word says, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. You can, set, you can profess Jesus as Lord all you want to. But until you have that relationship with him, 
and he is able to work in your life, that's when you know that he is, that you are truly free. I'm done. Amen. Uh, <laughs> you want to pray for the people? Okay. Pray for them. I'm talking about if y'all want your eyes open to be able to see, you can, yeah. If you want your eyes open where you can see, where you can recognize, yeah, that's good. Where you can recognize deception when it comes, because deception is deceptive. It deceives. It deceives. So it's like Minister Rhonda said, it doesn't walk up and say, I'm fixing to deceive you. It does not announce itself. It didn't announce itself to Eve. It just slid in there and caused her to question. Did God really say? And put a question in her concerning what God said. And once that question was there, he had her. So if you want Minister Rhonda to pray for you, that you recognize deception when it comes that your eyes are open your ears are open to hear they must come thank you again for tuning in with us if this word ministered to you please consider sowing a seed to freedom ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com we have made it available to you on the giving page thank you again go and be blessed in jesus name